I think we ought to give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. He's worthy. Why don't we just give Him some praise right now? Come on now. I praise you. I praise you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's shout unto the Lord. Let's give Him a hand clap of praise. Let's worship Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God is He's worthy today of all praise. And I just give Him thanks. I praise Him today. I praise Him. It's an honor and a privilege to be in this place of worship. And I give honor and I give uh, uh, just, uh, just appreciation to the pastor of this church. I appreciate what the Lord is about to do. I'm excited. I hope you're excited today in the Lord. If you have your Bibles and you would turn with me, I would like to read uh, in the book of Isaiah chapter 11. And I would like to begin with verse... 12 and go through verse uh, verses 12 through 16. The book of Isaiah chapter 11 verses 12 through uh, 16. I appreciate the Lord, appreciate his goodness so very much. Amen. I'm going to attempt to uh, preach some prophecy, uh, some end time signs. Uh, we're, we're see the si- we see the signs all around us. We see that the Lord is coming back sooner than we think and i believe that i really do i believe that and i'm going to attempt uh, to preach on something that is very current that is going on in the day and age that we live in 2005 amen aren't you thankful for revival in 2005 amen the book of isaiah chapter 11 verse 12 and he shall set up an ensign For the nations and shall assemble the outcast of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. The envy also of Ephraim shall depart and the adversaries of Judah shall be cut off. Ephraim shall not envy Judah and Judah shall not vex Ephraim. But they shall fly upon the shoulders of the Philistines toward the west. They shall spoil them of the east together they shall lay their hand upon Edom and Moab and the children of Ammon shall obey them and the Lord shall utterly destroy the tongue of the Egyptian sea and with this mighty wind shall he shake his hand over the river and shall smite it in the seven streams and make men go over dry shod and there shall be a highway everybody say highway And there shall be a highway for the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria like as it was to Israel in the day that he came up out of the land of Egypt. I would like to speak to you just simply on the subject, highway to heaven. A highway to heaven. The scripture said in verse 16, it said, And there shall be a highway for the remnant of his people, which shall be left. I want to talk to you about a highway to heaven today. I want to be on the right highway. I want to be on the highway headed 
to the direction of heaven. Could we just put our Bibles down and lift our voices and just clap our hands into the Lord and let's just pray together. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you're about to do. We thank you for your presence, God, that we feel in this wonderful place. We thank you for your power, God, that you demonstrate each and every time we assemble together. God, I'm so thankful for your word. God, it's your word that enriches our life. It's your word, God, that we are brought forth. It's your word, God, that we are made more than conquerors. We ask this in your wonderful name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The question remains, when will the remnant of God's people be returned to their land? The Old Testament prophecy often applied both to the near future and distant future. Judah would soon be exiled to Babylon. And a remnant would come and they would return to Jerusalem. In 537 B.C. it's Cyrus' decree. In the ages to come, God's people would be dispersed throughout the world, ultimately They will be regathered when Christ comes to reign over the earth. Edom and Moab and Ammon were three countries bordering Judah, along with Philistia. And they were the nations who, when Judah was defeated, rejoiced and took their land. Isaiah was talking about, in verses 15 and 16, about the second, the new exodus that was to come. When God brings His scattered people back, back to Judah. And the Messiah comes to rule the world. Edom means, feed me. If ever there was a time that we need fed by the Word, and we needed to be in the house of God, and we need to get uh, to the place where we need to want to hear the sermon, the preaching, it's now. Edom is right here upon us. Feed me. We find that Moab means the seed of the Father. We are the seed of our Father. We are the seed of Abraham. We are the seed that He wants to multiply and cultivate, and He wants to see grow and disperse throughout this this world. The Word must be planted like the seed in men and women and boys and girls' hearts. But Moab means the seed of the Father. Amon means posterity. Judah means praise. The highway to heaven will detour through Israel. But one thing about it, you may have to go through Edom. There's a place and a time where you have to get fed. There's a place where there's seed to be planted. We find that you may have to go to Ammon, posterity, and Judah, praise. It always ends with praise. Hallelujah. The highway to heaven will detour through Israel. The road to the actual peace between Israel and their enemies is full of landmines today. The Scriptures indicate that the current peace process will precipitate another Israeli war against the enemies. The peace process with great prophetic interest we find that it's going on even as I speak now. Those who have a short prophetic time frame expect that this peace process will position Israel in the prophetic setting in Ezekiel 38 and 11, dwelling at rest without walls and having neither bars nor gates. The very soon Gog and 
the associates would invade Israel, resulting in the destruction of our world order. Ezekiel 38 and 39 clarifies this. Ezekiel's prophecy can unfold. Therefore, whether or not peace is temporarily attained, this peace process will set in motion a series of events that will precipitate another Israeli war with the enemies. We find that talk on the news and we read the paper and it talks about expanding the borders. This agreement is in variance with God's agenda in our prophetic time. Church, let me tell you today, we are living in the last days. We are living in prophetic times. The day for extending your boundaries, Micah 7 and 11, talks about this. This peace agreement is intended to actually shrink the Israeli or Israel's boundaries. Consequently, this agreement will not last. There is only one nation on earth that has its boundaries decreed in the Bible. That nation is Israel. Israel's ultimate boundaries are from the river of Egypt to the Euphrates River. Genesis 15:18 through 21. These boundaries will be fully attained in God's kingdom after this time of trouble. The great tribulation which terminates our world of our age, Daniel 12 and 1, Matthew 24 and 3. And 21 through 22 and Zephaniah 3, 8 and 9. I know I've thrown a bunch of scriptures at you. Another Israeli conflict will come about. And it's graphically portrayed in Psalms 83. These are the nations that are said, Come and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. For they have consulted together with one consent, and they are confederate against the verses 4 and verse 5. Although this psalm is a... A prayer of God. Keep not thou silence, O God. Hold not thy peace for the defeat of these nations. O my God, make them like a wheel as the stubble before the wind. Stubble is like a piece of dried straw. Something that just any little thing will knock it over. It will blow over. The actual conclusion of this conflict is not described, but the Scripture reveals how this defeat is accomplished. The same day Israel... It's fortifying and expanding her borders. Micah describes as a severe time of trouble for the rest of the earth. When you see things begin to happen in Israel, you you begin to see things happen to God's people, you can rest assured that it's not just going to be trouble there, but it's going to be trouble everywhere. My friend, uh, it concerns me uh, when we look and we hear about the things that are taking place in Israel. And people say, well, that's over there. I'm glad it's not here. But my friend, it has everything to do uh, with us that's going on over there. I'm talking about the highway to heaven. It's not just from here to our church. Uh, to our place to ride up there. But it's got to go through. It's got to take a detour. We're going through Israel. And my friend, if ever there was a time that we need to support, that we need to pray, that we need to lift up God's people, it's right now because we've got to make it on the highway. And if we detour, let's don't get discouraged. Let's don't just uh, try to take another detour because you've got to go one way. You've got to go the right way. And if it's His way, if it's His, His nation, His people, that's the way we've got to go the highway to heaven. But the actual conclusion would be another conflict. We find that Micah describes as a severe time of trouble for the rest of the earth. Micah 7 and 11 through 17, it will be a day for building the Israel's wall or the walls. On that day, 
the boundary will be extended and the earth will become desolate because of her inhabitant on account of the fruit of their deeds. Nations will see and be ashamed of all their might. They will lick the dust like a serpent. They will come trembling out of the fortresses. To the Lord our God, they will come in dread. Many people dread that day. Many people dread that time. Many people dread the, the end time. We don't hear people preaching about the end time. We don't hear churches. They want to talk about love. And yes, God is about love. They want to talk about God on the cross. Yes, He died on the cross. They want to talk about His resurrection. That's fine too. We want to worship. We want to praise. That's what we're supposed to do in the tabernacle. But many churches, many denominations, they don't like to talk about the end time because it's doomsday for a lot of people. It, but it's not for the child of God who is ready. And they have awoke in this time period. And they have gotten on their knees. And they have prayed. And they've talked to the God Almighty. My friend, when you got your heart right, when you got your spirit right, when you're in and ground, when you're grounded with the truth and you got it within, within you, with everything, with all your soul and with all your mind, it's just another day's journey on the highway to heaven. It's just another uh, journey. You may have to stop off every now and then and pray to get through a little roadblock or trial on the way, but my friend, just keep the wheels turning. As long as they're turning, as long as they're moving, then you're headed in the right direction. My friend, some of us pull off and we stay too long in one spot. We see too many attractions. I can think about going down the highway when I'm headed to my destination. There's been many times, my family, and we've been going down the road and we are trying to get somewhere and we'll see something attractive on the side. It may be a shopping mall. It may be a place uh, that we pull off and, and, uh, and just look at some things and some sights along the way. But my friend, we don't need to stay too long. We don't need to tarry uh, too long. We don't need to pull off. We need to keep the wheels going because darkness is about to come on this world. Darkness is about to come on this earth. And my friend, we don't need to uh, take a chance in the dark. The lights may go out on us. We may have problems. We may break down on the road. And we need some light so we can see the way, so we can see the sign better. My friend, we've got to keep traveling on this highway to heaven. There is no road, there is road work being done today. You can see it. Construction is taking place. We as evangelists, preachers and pastors, workers are waving the orange fluorescent flags, cautioning the church to see what lies ahead. It begins with a fitting description of the time of trouble. Sandwich in this time of trouble setting, the Lord is described in verse 14 as feeding, feeding the Hebrew uh, ruling Israel in a territory that includes uh, Bashan, the Golan Heights, and Gilead. Half the tribe of Manasseh received all of Bashan. Deuteronomy 3, 4, and 13, and Golan was part of Bashan. And Joshua 21 and 27, and still is. And Gilead is a part of the east bank of the Jordan River. The current peace process in the Middle East is negotiating the status of the Golan Heights. You remember that which is also referred to as the West Bank. Can man negotiate with God on the status of his promises to Israel? If Israel is forced to temporarily compromise land for peace, the Scriptures indicate that before the time of trouble is over, that Israel will acquire the Golan Heights, and not only the West Bank, but the East Bank as well. I'm talking about the highway to heaven. I'm talking about end time. I know I'm throwing a lot at you uh, today, but my friend, we need to think about what is at the present moment, what is taking place right now on the timepiece on our wall. It's taking place. It's moving about. 
more immigration from Russia and the United States and immigration of Jews uh, from Assyria and Egypt is described in Zechariah that is so large that it will fill the land of Gilead and Lebanon. Zechariah 10, 10 and 11. Therefore, Lebanon, the least southern Lebanon is described in the book of Joshua, belongs to Israel by divine right. That's in Joshua 13, 5 and 6. You may have to buy the tape uh, today so that you can get these scriptures and study on your own because I'm moving. I know kind of fast, but I want to cover this uh, today. But an immigration from Assyria and Egypt is prophetically anticipated that will be so numerically great that the place shall not be found for them. The people will overfill the land of Gilead, East Bank, and a minimum southern Lebanon. We find that the literal Syria, I looked up and did a research and studied that it is known as Iraq today. And there are fewer than a thousand Jews in Iraq and Egypt. This number is hardly enough to fulfill a prophecy, which was by Zechariah, Syria must be symbolic. In Micah 5 and 5 through 7, Assyria invades Israel just before Israel becomes a blesser nation. Verse 7. We find that Assyria is repelled and Micah's prophecy is evidently a parallel account of Gog's invasion. Ezekiel 38 and 39. It's generally agreed that Gog and some of the associates mentioned refer to Russia. And at least some of the republics of the former Soviet Union, including the Muslim republics. Egypt is that symbolic of the Christian world. Revelation 11 and 8, where among the Christian nations are so many Jews that could cover and have coverage on Israel. There are over 5 million Jews even in the United States statistically alone today. Another prophecy made by Ezekiel, Israel's ancient exodus from Egypt, is identified as the exodus of Jews from all nations back to Israel at the end of the Christian age. That's Ezekiel 20, 32-38. God is described as bringing the Jews out of the nations into the wilderness of the people. And there will I plead with you face to face, like as I pleaded with your fathers in the wilderness of Egypt. In this original exodus, Israel had to cross the sea a river in order to enter the promised land. The smiting of the sea and the river in Zechariah's prophecy. The Hebrew word here does not mean the Euphrates, but merely a river. It's a symbolic of the removing of obstacles that prohibited the Jews from leaving the former Soviet Union. That's in Zechariah 10 and 11. The main obstacle was communism. And with the breakup of communism, the massive exodus began. Over half a million had immigrated to Israel. The continuing immigration of Jews is the largest from any country in the world. Jeremiah sixteen fourteen through 15 says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it shall no more be said, The Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north, which is Russia. And from all the lands, whither he had driven them, and will bring them again into their land that I have given to their fathers. I know that this is a lot of history and a lot of research information, but I hope you're getting what I'm trying to say today. Peace before destruction. When you find peace, you can look out. Destruction will come. Another peace process will move toward war. Isaiah also prophesies the smiting of the sea and the river. Again, not the Euphrates, 
And some translations incorrectly read in connection with the large immigration of Jews from Assyria to Israel, Isaiah 11, 14 through 16. The preceding verses show that Israel and Judah are gathered together from the nations, Isaiah 11, 10 and 12. Ephraim shall not envy Judah, verse 13, parallels Jeremiah's prophecy where the ten tribe house of Israel, Ephraim, and the two tribe house of Judah become one. And they return together to the promised land. Jeremiah 3 and 18. Once in the land, any peace agreement will explode in a two-front war on Israel. Southwest and eastern borders. Come on now, I'm trying to get up to date to you where we're at today. Israel shall fly upon the shoulders of the Philistines toward the west. You know what that is? The Gaza Strip on the southwest Mediterranean coast, where the Palestinians now reside. The Hebrew word for fly literally means a flying attack from behind. It is more and more crystal clear. The Hebrew word for shoulder refers to the coast, the side, the shoulder of the sea, Numbers 34 and 11. Any Palestinian state or self-rule on the Gaza Strip will be short-lived, and we find what's been taking place even as today. Eventually, Israel, by missiles or planes, will fly out of the Mediterranean and attack the Palestines from behind. This is all Scripture. I'm not just reporting the news. This is fulfillment that is taking place today. I'm talking about the highway, the journey. You know what? When you ride down the highway, you look to see how far that you've got to your destination. It'll say 100 miles, and then along the way it'll say 80 miles, and then 70 miles, and then 60 miles. And oh, when it says one more mile. You're just about there. My friend, let me tell you something. I believe that the next exit is heaven. I believe the next exit is our exodus out of here. I believe the next exit is just right along the way. So we don't need to pull off and, and be sightseeing and pull off for the next uh, uh, eating place or the next uh, uh, rest area. We need to keep uh, going for Jesus. We need to keep uh, this uh, wheel turning. We need to do something today because we may not have tomorrow. I'm talking about making some progress. We're on the highway to heaven. And we find that the eastern front, Israel will possess Edom and Moab, and the sons of Ammon will be subject to them, Isaiah 11 and 14. The Old Testament nations occupy territories that are now within the Arab nation of Jordan on the east bank of the Jordan River and the Dead Sea. A war in which Israel defeats Jordan and occupies portion of Jordan, Gilead, Ammon, Moab, and Edom would spark a wave of worldwide expansion and bring about further mass exodus in verse 16 from Russia and the former Soviet republics. And there will be a highway from Assyria for the remnant of his people who will be left. Gog is spoken of as coming from the northern parts, Ezekiel 38, 14, and 15. Prophecies speak of the regathering from all nations and, and immigration out of the land of the north, which seems to be the land of Gog or the former Soviet republics, emphasizing Jeremiah 16, 14, and 15, 31, verses 7 and 8, 23 and 8, and 3 and 18. A small number would return, one of a city and two of a family. Jeremiah three fourteen through 18. I'm talking about end time. From 1878 to the fall of the communism in 1990, 
Relatively few Russian Jews did return. Isaiah contrasts the small immigration gathered one by one with the time when the great trumpet shall be blown and there would be a massive return. Isaiah 27, 12, and 13. What a great trumpet is this. The jubilee trumpet of the old was the signal to return rights that were lost. Leviticus 25. You know what's going to happen? His rights are going to be returned to God's people. Rights are going to be returned to God. We have rights that have been taken away. Our privilege as far as uh, our schools and prayer and pledge and, and all the, the things that we take a stand for that they have filtered in with evil and, 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 and misconduct and all kinds of filth in this nation. God is going to take back what is rightfully His. The great trumpet, the jubilee trumpet of the old, is going to signal the return of those rights that were lost. The trumpet blast of human rights brought down communism. Over a half a million Jews fled to Israel. What will precipitate this greater immigration wave to the north? A massive immigration wave from the former Soviet republics to Israel could occur after the next Arab and Israeli war, as indicated in Isaiah eleven fourteen through 16. My friend, there's going to be a victory. The decisive victory over the Palestinians in Gaza on the west in Moab and Ammon and Edom on the east already considered in Isaiah are paralleled in Zephaniah. Isaiah 11 and 14, Zephaniah 2, 2 through 7. The setting is during the day of the Lord's anger. In verse 2, a complete defeat of the Philistines in Gaza areas described. The Philistines have long since passed off the scene, but they are symbolic of the Palestinians who now occupy that territory. And one of the claims of the Palestinians is that they are the descendants of the Philistines while simultaneously claiming to be descendants of Abraham. The origin is identified in Ezekiel 36, 1 through 7. The Lord is angry with the people round about. The land of Israel who came into the land and made it desolation. The Lord will punish these. Zephaniah also indicates Moab and Ammon for all their abuses toward Israel. He said, I have heard the reproach of Moab and Ammon, whereby they have reproached my people and magnified themselves against their Israel, their border, Israel's border, Zephaniah 2 and 8. The Lord spared ancient Moab and Ammon during Israel's wilderness journey, but not modern Moab and Ammon, which is the Arab nation of Jordan today. During the Israeli War of Independence of 1948 was Jordan who captured the West Bank and the Bible Jerusalem magnified themselves against their borders. It was Jordan who expelled all Jews from the West Bank and East Jerusalem. They have reproached my people. It was Jordan who occupied Judea and Samaria, wrongfully calling them the West Bank, until Israel's victory in 1967, the war. It was Jordan who destroyed all Jewish holy places in Jerusalem. And it was Jordan with the Palestinians who sided with Iraq during Desert Storm in the hope to fulfill the threat to scorch half of Israel. You can stand today.
But the Lord is not forgotten. Because of these sins, Moab and Ammon shall become a desolate. The residue of my people shall spoil them, and the remnant of my people shall possess them. Thus the Scripture forecasts that before the invasion of Gog, Israel will gain more land and more people and a greater flood of immigration to the land. I've read statistics and I've went through all kinds of information through research and the Lord just kind of uh, inspired me and just uh, encouraged me to, to study up on what is taking place right now. But my friend... It's more than just information. It's more than just research. It's more than just me getting up here and reporting what probably some newscaster or somebody could do themselves. But my friend, I'm not an anchorman. I'm, a, I'm an anchor for God. He is my fortress. He is my strong and mighty tower that I can run to shelter from the storm. Isaiah 11 and 16, we read today, I, re- I read it early and I'll read it again, and there shall be a highway for the remnant. Do you know what a remnant is? It's just a small portion, a small group. With the billions of people in the world today, and I read a statistic where only a million people really or I guess you could say is fully-fledged Christians, whatever they would like to call it, but that's, that's a remnant compared to how many people in this world that there really are. It's sad to say that we have the answer. We know exactly what's about to take place. We've talked about heaven. We've talked about gates of pearl. We've talked about riches. We've talked about the streets of gold and all of that and how... It's a city that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. And he said that if it were not so, then I wouldn't have told you. But I want to go to heaven, but there's far greater a group of people that's going the wrong direction. They're going the opposite of heaven. They're on the highway to hell. But I'm here today to tell you that there is a coming very soon there is something to all of this that I read statistically to you and what is happening right now before our very eyes. What I'm trying to tell you is there shall be a highway for the remnant. My friend, I want to be a part of the remnant. Who is the remnant? That's the people who have the truth. That's the people who have taken on the name of Jesus Christ. I've been baptized in His name. I do everything in His name. I pray in His name. I preach in His name. I, I pray for people in the name of Jesus because there's no other name under heaven in which we are to be saved. But my friend, somebody today wants to be a part of the remnant. Somebody today, you need to be get away from the majority and be a part of the minority. The minority is the remnant today to heaven. I want to be a part of that group. I want to be a part of the group that is on the trail, on the way, that's got the, the way they know their focus, they know what it takes to make it to the city. We've got to be ready and prepared. 
And we do that in an altar of repentance. And when we ask forgiveness of our sins, our God is so great that He looks down, His mercy endureth forever. He forgives us of our sins. And we can receive the wonderful Spirit of the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. You can have that today. Why don't you come today? Why don't you make a place at an altar and just ask the Lord to forgive you? Tell Him that I want to be the remnant. I want to be a part of this small group that's going to heaven. I'm excited today. Why don't you come? Some Somebody come right now. Let's, let's just be a part. Let's get on the road. Let's get off the road to hell. And let's get on uh, the road uh, to heaven today. They crossed the highway from Egypt. God's people walked across dry land. The waters parted. And the remnant of God's people were spared. God wants to part your Red Seas today. He's got a highway for you. Deuteronomy 2 and 27. Let me pass through thy land. I will go along by the highway. I will neither turn to the right hand nor to the left. You don't need to turn and get off the road, but you need to stay and focus and stay along the way. Proverbs 16 and 17, The highway of the upright is to depart from evil, and he that keepeth his way preserveth the soul. I'm in the soul-preserving business today. Somebody get off the road to hell. Let's get on the right road today. Let's ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins. Repent of your sins today. Why don't we, why don't we come right now? Come on now. Isaiah 35 and 8 says, and a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the way for men, the fools shall not err therein. A highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. That's the road I'm on. That's the highway to heaven, the way to holiness. Because He is holy. Come on, would you come today? We're on the highway to heaven today. Come on, would you come? They're coming, they're coming, they're coming.